You're listening to the Limoncello Podcast. Quite a bit to unpack here. And now for some housekeeping. And now I bring you the Limoncello Podcast. Yeah, it was a clear night, and as I've approached the roundabout, I've looked up to an apartment window, and I saw a topless man. He was a burly chap, nothing to look at, yet I felt compelled to do another lap of the roundabout, you know, just to get another look. I don't know what it was. It it certainly wasn't a sexual thing. I'm as straight as a lamppost, but I must have circled another 50 times, you know, just watching his every move. It was like a slow-motion Zoe trope. Well, I couldn't get it out of my head. I went out the next night, he wasn't there. So I went out the next night, and then the next night. I kept it up for three months. I don't know how many times I went round the roundabout, but I clocked up 96 miles on the odometer. I'd have beaten Lewis Hamilton round that thing, I knew it so well. I eventually discovered that the apartment had been vacant for over 10 weeks, so I, I totally wasted my time. Of course, it cost me my marriage. She thought I was having an affair, you know, all the trips out I was doing. I think the truth would have sounded worse. And uh, it, it reached a point where I actually admitted to an affair. <sighs> yeah. Right, what's the damage? Uh, she died of a head injury. That's all we know at this stage, ma'am. I wondered why her head was missing. Buck up, Macaulay. What do we know about her? Uh, we've got some intel that she's involved in drugs. Looking at her shoes, it's clear she's more of a baron than a user. My God, are they? Christian Dior. What size? Size five, ma'am. Size five? Uh, yes, why? Um. Are you okay, ma'am? Yes, yes, uh, never better. Actually, Macaulay... You can go now. I've got this. Uh, but ma'am, Sergeant Willis told me to stay here till forensics comes. And I'm telling you to go back to the station. And that's an order. Yes, ma'am. You've got a dangerous taste in shoes, woman. What's that, ma'am? Get to the station. Yes, ma'am. Advice time. With Amy. Hi, it's Amy here, and I'm here to tell you how to sort out your problems. Losing weight. First one, diet. Want to lose weight quickly and easily? Why not try eating less and doing exercise? Insomnia. Having trouble sleeping? Improve your sleep quality by going to bed earlier and waking up later. Social anxiety. Find yourself struggling in social situations? Easy. If you find yourself getting nervous or whatever, just stop yourself from feeling nervous. End of advice. Okay, that's that. I've been Amy and I've just sorted your problems. And eat tangerines. Liz and Fiona hold hands with only concealed resentment from the public. Abdul joins a golf club with no outward objection from members. 
Sophie is encouraged to share her expertise at the Tool Station Roadshow. These people are no longer forced to suppress their being, but a society becomes a fairer place. The rate of turmoil in white men has increased. They have found themselves at the center of discrimination. Today, it's Veganuary. Tomorrow, it's a bio pint glass made from garden scat. It needn't be this way. At Mentap, just 10 pounds a month will help us build a pop-up chapel to protect against the threats of Islamic law. You receive a free complimentary beard shaper on registration. Mentap, it's time to take control. Take back control. Take back control. This is a major breakthrough for Parkinson's. Your device will help everyone with the condition. Mr. Farce, we would love to invest in this product. Oh, this is my life's work. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, no, on the contrary. Medicine owes you a great deal of thanks. <laughs> right, I'll take this up then. What are you calling the device, by the way? Uh, MILF. Great. Well, I'll send this through and we'll get a contract. What are you calling it? A MILF. As in... Yes, M-I-L-F. What? What? It's named after me wife. Uh, She's called Millie. And obviously... Fast. fast. Right, it's a name thing. Yes, I've contracted the names. Uh, Okay, but... What? You do realise it also means... Yes, I'm aware. But it doesn't mean that. (sighs) Mr. Fast, we can't call it MILF. Sorry. Who's we? If we're to take this on, we can't call it a MILF. Well, then we can't do a deal. You're kidding. No, I'm sorry. I'm digging me heels in. Let me get this right. You are prepared to prevent millions of sufferers from receiving treatments all because of a name? Well, I could accuse you of the same. There must be a compromise. Do you have any other names for your wife? Call her darling. We'll call it that. You can't call it that. Why? It's sexist. Sexist? So is MILF. Look, Mr. Fast, call it darling, call it dear, call it Ken Barlow, but I will not invest in a device called MILF. Well, I'll just have to find another investor. Oh, who? What? Ron Jeremy? I maybe. Nobody will invest in that, Mr. Fast. Good luck. We're done. I have a huge list of yeah, I'm sure. this device. Look, you'll see. There's another device. It's called a door. Get out. And now it's time for Haiku Corner with Haiku Haiku. Haiku, Haiku, Hi! Hi, it's Haiku Haiku here, and here's today's Haiku, read by Peter Taylor. It's been three months, being kept against my will. Why is he doing this? Read by Peter Taylor. Haiku, haiku, hi! Macaulay, what do we know? Drugs again, Mom. And I don't think she used that swishblade to jack up. I agree. The depth of these wounds indicate that these weren't self-inflicted. Um, Mom, are those... Oh, um, Christian Dior. Why? It's just that they look remarkably like the ones worn by the girl murdered in Burnside. No, that's why I was so startled at the time. I, I couldn't believe she owned the exact same pair as me. <clears throat> right. Well, anyway, we suspect that she may be connected to the drugs cartel. Okay. We found these pills stashed in her handbag, and a diary which holds some significant contact. Ma'am? Is that a Prada handbag? Uh, yes. Re-edition Safiano Leva? I believe so, ma'am. 
Why? Oh, um, nothing. So, do you think you could look into these contacts for me? Uh, yes. Now, Macaulay? Oh, um, but Sergeant Willis told me... I don't care. I don't give a shit what Sergeant Willis said. He's not your mummy. I'm your mummy. Right, Mum. Who's your mummy? You're my mummy. Good boy. Alice, hi. Just on my way back to the office with a coffee round. Hope you don't mind, but I splashed out a bit on the Affogato Espresso. <laughs> hey, you only live once. Unfortunately, the coffee house was unable to fulfil your order of bergamot black tea due to a shortage of supply. Well, I was rather put on the spot trying to speculate as to your tastes, and, after much consideration, I decided to order you nothing. As you know, Alice, I like to do things by the book, and that was just too high risk. You should have offered me an alternative preference. Suffice to say, the blame lies firmly at your door. Furthermore, I'd like to remind you that on my way out of the office, you clearly stated that I should keep whatever change remained. So this is really just a courtesy call to confirm that I have taken the change. I took the trouble to record the interaction on my dictaphone, should there be any ensuing argument. Hope there are no bad feelings over this, and I look forward to working with you for the rest of the day. All right, I'll see you at three. Thanks, cheers, thanks a lot, cheers, thanks, bye, cheers, thanks, bye, bye. I had a bit of free time the other day and I was walking past the indoor pool at Kazi's Leisure and I thought, why not, you know. Edith was on reception so I sauntered in, flashed my C-Exchange card at her and made my way to the changing rooms. It were only half nine so there was no one in there and I had the run of the place to myself. It were dead good, like I was king of the manor and this was my bedroom, although obviously massive and full of changing areas. Just when I started thinking I could get used to living like this, I realised that what I was thinking was ridiculous and that I didn't actually live there, so I went for a shower to calm down. A good half an hour had passed and somehow I felt actually more dirty than when I got into the shower. Work that one out. So I thought, fuck this, I'll go for a swim. I walked through into the pool area and had another pre-swim shower, this one lasting a little less time, and then jumped into the pool. The lifeguard immediately blew his whistle and shouted at me that there were no diving allowed. I explained to him quite calmly, actually, that I hadn't dived into the pool and had merely slipped and he started mumbling something and carried on playing with his phone. I said to him, look, mate, what if I'd drained then? Would you have been able to see me or would you have been too busy texting your twatty little mates on WhatsApps? He didn't say anything, but I know he heard me because a minute later he wandered off in a mood. At this point, I noticed there was someone else in the pool all along this elderly little woman who was making her way slowly round the anti-clockwise lane whilst moving in a clockwise direction. I shouted to her. I said, Oi, oi, you clockwise cunt. Are you a broken watch or something? She either didn't hear me or she was ignoring me, so I thought, fuck this, and I waded after her. I was actually faster than her walking than she was swimming, especially after I grabbed her legs. I said to her, Go on, go on, go the wrong way round, you bent watch. And she started crying. I think she was crying anyway, it was difficult to tell. There really was an awful lot of water there. Disgusted, I took her piss in the pool, spat on her chest and jumped out. She tried to get out too on the opposite side, but as she was pulling herself up, I bashed her hands and she slipped and fell backwards into the pool like a foot grasshopper. Nobed lifeguard was just on his way back at that point, so I told him what the old car had been doing and then went and told the receptionist that I'd seen him on a ladder watching porn. Sacked in the morning, you're getting sacked in the morning, and it was only half ten. Hello, welcome again to Brief Discussions. Following yesterday's topic, why is there something rather than nothing, we touched on Descartes' assertion that the only thing we can be sure of is our own existence. But Professor Reeves, 
Can we even be sure about that? Well, it's a fascinating subject, isn't it? It is. And sadly, we're out of time. That's a shame. I feel we've only just scraped the surface there. OK, just quickly time for one of your questions at home. Philip asks, we've all heard of speed of light and speed of sound. But what about speed of smell? No time to answer that, but if you go onto the interactive page on our website, we might have time to tackle it there. I'm being told we don't. But do keep sending in your questions, and we'll try our very best to answer them. I was completely miserable. I had no energy, no confidence. I was stressed by work. I was in a giant rut I just couldn't get out of. That was until I got depression. Getting depression completely turned my life around. My life did a complete 180, twice. Before depression, work was a real drag. My manager was constantly breathing down my neck. I was overworked and worn out. But when my manager found I had depression, everything changed. Now my workload's been lightened and I even get half day Fridays. It's been the same with friends and family. Have you ever been in a social situation you just wanted to leave but knew you couldn't? A christening, a party, a wedding? With depression, no one pays no mind if you leave, or even if you don't turn up at all. They'll even apologise to you. I used to get in arguments with my girlfriend because I was kind of lazy and I didn't lift a finger around the house. Now I've got the excuse of depression. Everything's rosy. She's completely understanding and attends to my every need. So do it now, while the NHS is still here. Get depression. Depression. A temporary solution to a permanent problem. I found out a few years ago that if I thought about it really hard and moved my hand up and down dead fast, I could fly. David, have you seen the remote? Whoa, what are you doing? I'm flying. I've got like invisible wings and they just lift me up. It's dead good like. It's just a man flying over the shard! Yes, darling. Like I say, I'm loving it. But it's not made me happy. I just keep thinking that I wish I was invisible too, when I were doing it. Did you see David yesterday? What, outside my window? Yesterday? Again? Yeah. Maybe one day it'll happen. But for now, I guess I'll just have to content myself with the fact that I don't need to go in lifts anymore. Why are you always first responder, Macaulay? I'm not, ma'am. Sergeant Willis told me to head up. Ugh, Sergeant Willis. I wish he'd get a Tinder response. Someone needs to remove that truncheon from his arse. What? What are you looking at, Macaulay? Is that a Prada handbag you're wearing? Yes. Why? It looks very much like the one from the Beacon crime scene. Oh, I didn't notice. It's exactly the same. Have you got something to say, Macaulay? Well... What an incredible coincidence. Yes, quite. I'm arresting you for imitating a member of the public. Who are you, Macaulay? The fashion police? I'm charging you for bad taste, madam. Yeah, come on, that's too far. What have we got? Sorry, ma'am. It's another young woman. I think it's clear now who the killer's targeting. Yes, what is she? Another baron. Whoever's operating the cartel appears to be hiring the same. Is that a men kimono? Yes, ma'am. Uh, do you want me to go? If you could, Macaulay, yes. I need more time with the body. Oh, right, you are. Okay, I'll tell Sergeant Willis you sent me. Sergeant Willis, yeah. I've been going round as normal. Outwardly happy. Nothing untoward. But behind the scenes, I've been dealing with a mouth ulcer. 
And it just goes to show, you never know what's really going on inside someone's head. Fucking agony. Cella Podcast. Tell your friends, I'm available.